Hammer, and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! So over the weekend, one of my favorite stores on Monument Circle, Rocket Fizz. The candy store, yeah, right? Yeah, man. I take my kids in there all the time when we're downtown. Uh, a bunch of juveniles or minors or thugs, whatever you want to call them, beat the crap out of a female employee there, a manager, because she caught him shoplifting. Tried to kick him out of the store, and they beat the hell out of her. And and I'm just, I'm not seeing very much news coverage of this. Abdul uh, from IndiePolitics.org and works here at WIBC has actually been covering this. He's been the one that has brought this story to the forefront here. And the photos of this woman, who's also a manager at the Rocket Fizz, bless her heart, she has a black eye. She's got cuts and bruises all over her head. Her arms and body are bruised up. I believe her son posted some of those photos on a Facebook thread. and I haven't seen him. This is a mess. So I'm going to read you what the owner of Rocket Fizz, uh, a woman by the name of Kim Nething, wrote on Facebook, just so everybody kind of understands what went on this past weekend on Monument Circle. Quote, owner of Rocket Fizz here, thank you to everyone that's reached out to me, a group of seven young teens age 12 to 13 that I know of, came into our shop. We were fully staffed. Upon suspected shoplifting and foul language, we asked them to leave. They refused to do so, and one of the boys started skipping around yelling F you to everyone. Worthless POS. As my manager attempted to call police and usher them out the door, they jumped her in our outdoor doorway and started hitting her. Even after she was on the ground outside... They continued to punch her, pull her hair out, and beat her over the head with a bag. It escalated quickly, but a rush of customers gathered around her and chased the kids away. A couple outside of the store took video of the attack, watched where the group went, and guided the police to them. The two that were identified as beating my employee were arrested. Good, I hope they rot. Even during the arrest, when crowds were gathering... They were taunting the police for, quote, harassing kids, yeah, of course. not of course knowing they, they had just beaten up a middle-aged woman. The officers handled everything professionally. My manager was treated for her injuries. Now, this is part of Abdul's interview that he posted on Indie Politics. This is the Rocket Fizz owner updating us on the health of the manager that was beaten. She is at home resting right now. She was uh, treated by ambulance, and then she proceeded to go to the hospital. Uh, She was released Sunday morning, um, uh, treated for her injuries, and she's, you know, she's shaken. She's more upset of the audacity that these young teenagers showed. Well, they're worthless pieces of garbage. Their parents are worthless pieces of garbage. They're unsupervised weeknight, uh, weekend night. Uh, harassing uh, this female employee. And remember when Starbucks closed down uh, not too long ago and they were roundly criticized because the excuse they used was they feared for the safety of their employees. The Starbucks, kind of right, just right down a couple storefronts from Rocket Fizz. And people like community leaders, the administration, business, like, were like, what? No, this is a safe place downtown. Nothing to see here. Indie star writers, columnist writers yeah. oh. couldn't believe it. Well, 
this is what happens. This is when you have garbage parents who don't supervise their kids. I hope, uh, I hope these, you know, they're going to be out walking around Monument Circle again this weekend they're probably already out they were probably out that night or out on sunday after assaulting a middle-aged woman for stealing candy and then the rest of the goon squad here cheering and booing the police for arriving on the scene this is what monument circles turned into under the leadership and i'm using air quotes there of joe hogsett and ryan mears listen We have said before, we're not saying you have to lock everybody up for the rest of their lives, but you have to lock some people up that are going to be threats. Violent offenders, violent repeat offenders continuing to get out. I I don't, I'm sure these kids already had a rap sheet a mile along with their juvies. So there's nothing you can really, nothing you can do. And, and yeah, their, their parents should be held accountable as well. And has anybody seen boss Hogsett? Because this feels like the kind of thing that's important. A high-profile store in Monument Circle, Circle, arguably the biggest tourist district that the state has, there's an assault of a woman featuring a group of of out-of-control, unsupervised local utes, as they would say in My Cousin Vinny. Uh, Just call them thugs. That's what they are. Where's Joe Hawkset? Where are you, Boss Hawkset? Oh, that's right. You're too busy doing photo ops with Moms Demand Action. Oh, that's I saw that. The gun grabbers. Yes, Johnny. While while you know Brianne Lee's trial, uh, her killer got uh, extended. He was doing photo ops with uh, four years. No justice now for Officer Lee. Right. And at the same time, he's doing photo ops with gun grabbers. So he had a couple options here, right? The same time he was doing that photo op, you're 100% right, Nige. He could have been at the courthouse supporting fallen IMPD officer Brianne Lee. Yeah, that scumbag's trying to, uh, uh, the killer is trying to plead insanity. So that's what that continuation was all about. Lee's family said that's a joke. If you want to say that I am against gun violence, if you want to play the gun violence game, all right, go support Brianne Lee's family. According to Joe Hawkset, that's a victim of gun violence, right? Now he had to go with the Moms Demand Action crowd. And since this attack that took place on Monument Circle at Rocket Fizz, let me check Twitter here. Uh, The guy running against Joe Hogsett, uh, Jefferson Shreve, he's tweeted about what's going on. Meanwhile, on Joe Hogsett's official Twitter account, the last thing that his account posted that wasn't a retweet it's a tradition unlike any other, the Broad Ripple Duck Race. <laughs> 22 hours ago. Okay. Well, we know where the priorities are at for this administration. For sure. They want to grab your guns. They want to just arbitrarily make up new gun laws out of thin air, which will never get through. And just, just it's such just horrible behavior from these kids that learned it from their worthless parents. Right. And no supervision. There needs to be some sort of curfew. I don't know what time of day or night this happened, actually. So I'm not Curfew sure. might not have helped, yeah. but when there's that many that just barge into the store, start stealing stuff, creating a disturbance, yelling F this and F you, and you try to escort them out, they beat the hell, of, hell out of you in front of your store, and then other people crowd around 
and they're happy that it happened. This is where Indianapolis is. And Nigel, you and I get a lot of crap from the virtue signalers on Twitter and all the other social media apps. All you guys try to do is scare people about Indianapolis. No, we're here every day and we're trying to tell you what's happening down here. This is an election year, so if you want to make a change, you'll have the ability to do so. But I got to be honest, man, I've got very little faith that the morons in this city will do anything different, and they'll keep electing Joe Hogsett. This kind of crap's going to keep happening. The gruesome twosome of Hogsett and Mears will continue to take Indianapolis down a road to make us probably worse than Detroit. Now, by the way, the the owner of Rocket Fizz... uh, was praising the police. She said they're routinely around, and they responded immediately. I think she may have been even part of a story uh, last year after Starbucks closed saying, we've never had a problem. So, unfortunately, the problem came knocking on your front doorstep, and, and it's it's just too bad because that's, that's Rocket Fizz has been there for a decade. Right. You know? And so Starbucks has been around forever, too. And they were like, no, we're out of here. So that's what's happening here in downtown Indianapolis. For those who don't work here, for those who don't live here, we want to tell you the stories. Because for whatever reason, not a lot of the TV stations in this city carry the stories day in and day out of what happens here. But we will tell you when Guy Relford gets accosted on the circle. We will tell you when there's a fight at the Rocket Fizz and an elderly... I shouldn't say elderly, middle-aged woman is beaten to the point where she has to go to the hospital. These are the stories you might not see as headlines, but we will always bring you these stories. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents... Damn, nature, you scary. Lions. And tigers. And bears. Oh, my. Oh, this is crazy. This grandma in Minnesota survived a bear attack, which are rare in Minnesota. I think there's only been like 10 bear attacks since 1987. Now, if you'd have told me there was a wolf attack or an attack from like a hairy lumberjack, I would understand that. (laughs) But you don't normally hear bear attacks in Minnesota. Elderly grandmother attacked by hairy lumberjack. That would be a headline. (laughs) Here is, uh, so, so, so what happened? She... This was over Memorial Day weekend, right? She was out walking her dog at some uh, campground, and late at night, you know, after everybody had kind of left, she walked her dog outside, she heard a little bit of a ruckus. This is the report from Fox 9 in Minnesota. Last week, Lori says her young pup Zeus was a little restless at the cabin, so she let him outside when she heard some hissing, went out to investigate. I thought it was like a raccoon, and so I ran towards it, but there was no Zeus, and there was no raccoon. There was a bear oh. coming at me. Brum, brum, brum. I screamed twice, and then I said, it's a bear! It's a bear! <laughs> like, it's a bear! I can't it's a bear! She's not exactly sure if the bear pounced on top of her, but it certainly clawed her good, oh her chest, gosh. shoulders, back. Lori's family rushed her to the emergency room where she was given antibiotics for the deep gashes. Fortunately, she wasn't bitten. No, I didn't think I was going to die. I thought, oh, 
<laughs> I interrupted a bear. <laughs> I would have thought I would be dead. Uh, would, would you, uh, by the way, speaking, you're supposed to play dead when you were attacked by a bear, right? Is that the protocol? I thought you were supposed to scare black bears off. Sam? It, I, I don't know which one it is, but I believe it is black bears actually is you play dead. Brown bears, you look alive. That's I, I might have it mixed up, but one, it's, it depends on the type of bear you're interacting with. Sam, give us your best impression of how you would scare off a bear. <laughs> I'd be scared off. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if I had the actual balls to try and stand up to a bear that's trying to kill me. How would me, you do it? I'd, you know, get big, hands in the air, and... Would you make I'd, a noise? Uh, well... Let me hear the noise. We you gotta hear the, the noise. of me peeing my pants make a noise. But yeah, I mean, I guess I'd go, like, give it a good... Rah! I kinda... <laughs> We have a segment sometimes called Great Moments in Shooing Away Bears History, oh. where we play clips of No bear was scared of that, Sam. <laughs> well, I, I can't tell you enough how scared I'd be, so. Sam. Sam. <laughs> I, I didn't want to peek the microphone. I tried to be intimidating while maintaining radio professionalism. Sam is filling in for uh, Allison uh, producing well, I'm going to show you how it's done. Nigel, if you're trying to shoo away a bear, yeah. how does it sound? Go on, get. Go. Go, bear. Get out of here! Get! Rah! 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 Nigel Shoe Away a Bear Voice is also a hillbilly from Alabama. I love it. That's, that's, it's also the sound of me telling my cat to get off the counter. Go on, get! Get! Get on out of here! Go on, get! Have you seen, and then we could move on, but have you seen the movie The Revenant? With yes. Leo DiCaprio? Yes. I remember the bear attack scene in that movie? Oh, yeah. Holy God almighty. Have you seen the making of it? Like how they filmed that? There was a dude that's got like you know like video game buttons all over his body, is and he's he, in a bear costume. Is he like in a green thing? Is there a green background or something? Yeah. Yeah. And he's fighting Leo in like this bear costume. I'll have to go look that up. Um, we're doing a round of Damn Nature, You Scary. Damn Nature, You Scary. Dateline, Oklahoma. An 81-year-old Oklahoma man said he was the victim of an hours-long bee attack, leaving oh. him with over 200 stingers in his body. Ah. He also broke his hip when he tried to run and get away. He was out oh, cutting no. the grass when the swarm attacked him, knocked him to the ground. Here is the 81-year-old survivor talking about the attack. It got in my hair, and they were going in my ears. And in my nose, I thought, I better keep my mouth shut because they'll get those, those bees, they'll be in my mouth. And he survived. A good Samaritan I mean, rescued him three hours later, found him on the ground at his house. So painful. And now he's recovering. Damn, nature, you scary. Which brings us to great moments in bee attack history. <laughs> Nigel's favorite movie, oh, The me... Wicker Man. The bees! Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! <laughs> Out of my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Some damn fine acting by Nicolas Cage. That's award-winning right there. That's the same guy that played that won an Academy Award for leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> He's now buried up to his chin, and they put a bucket of bees over his head. Uh, great moments in bee attack history. This iconic scene in Tommy Boy. Bees! Bees! <laughs> bees to the star! Bees everywhere! God, they're huge! They're ripping my flesh off! Forget that, I'm starting to swell up! They're huge and they're sting crazy! Your firearms are useless against them! About five years ago, I think it's about five years ago, there was a story in Kentucky about a car that had crashed into a pole 
But then, like, this massive bee attack happened to the people in the oh, car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some hill jack from Kentucky saw it unfold, and he that. was the hero. He actually saved the people in the car, and he gave one of the great interviews of all time. I walked back to my house, sir, to get my phone so I could play a video game on it. And all of a sudden, I heard a big boom. Anderson then says they ran up the road, grabbed a hose outside his home, and started trying to spray off the bees. I told him they need to get out of that water, but say I didn't know he was getting eat up by bees. I thought he was just high. <laughs> I thought he was just high. <laughs> Which, again, we've pointed this out before, but the similarities between the hero in Kentucky and Boomauer from King of the Hill. <laughs> Man, it's real close. I walked back to my house, sir, to get my phone so I could play a video game on it. And all of a sudden, I heard a big boom. Boom, just like that. I looked back out my door and the electric pole fell and the lines were falling. I've been calling y'all people better than a month now. Grab back y'all every time and dangle don't cross these start yapping at y'all. And the uh, Jill Tackers sideways into the fence. How you supposed to come out and do anything about that dog? You're just going to get a damn computer ain't going to come over here. And just... now all of a sudden, I heard a big boom. Boom, 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 just like that. Great moments in bee attack history. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Guy Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Yeah! Nigel here. Hammer over there. The gun guy, Guy Ruffled. Guy Ruffled, 2A attorney and... Host of the Gun Guys Show, licensed firearms instructor, joining us live in studio like he does every Monday. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great. It's great to be with you, here with you guys, as always. I want to touch on something that you and I talked about uh, when you were filling in for Hammer when he was out last week, and I want to expand on this a little. I thought it was really interesting. I hadn't thought about this. They just legalized uh, recreational marijuana in Minnesota. Then shortly after they did that, the ATF, St. Paul Division, put out a tweet that said this. Regardless of the recent changes in Minnesota law related to marijuana, an individual who is a current user of marijuana is prohibited from shipping, transporting, receiving, or possessing firearms or ammunition. And, you know, we talk a lot about, about Indiana, how it needs to be uh, right. marijuana needs to be legalized uh, re- recreationally or medicinally or both but this is right. a big this is a big deal because it's still illegal on a federal level correct well it is so what's, just, i've been talking about this for 10 years Nigel. and what it is is that is federal law says that you cannot possess a firearm as well as all those other things import etc but you cannot possess a firearm um, if you are user of or addicted to any illegal drugs so a lot of people look at that and say okay well if marijuana is legalized in my state then i don't have anything to worry about but what they're missing in that equation is that marijuana is still illegal in fact it's a schedule one which is like the worst level of addictive and harmful drugs as ridiculous as that is under the federal controlled substances act of 1970 so on the federal level marijuana is illegal and the feds are taking the position that it doesn't matter if your state has legalized marijuana since it's illegal at the federal level and that has not changed then you are prohibited from possessing firearms if you are a user of marijuana and the big problem people are running into in a lot of these states and listen i i have a son who who this 
topic may be relevant to because <laughs> um, he lives in Colorado. Yeah. Right. Sure. And and and, and we've had that discussion. But, it, but for instance, in, in states that have medicinal marijuana, well, you get you go give your doc, doctor's affidavit or certificate or whatever. and You get your medicinal marijuana card. What have you just done? You've created a, a, a government document that says you're a user of an illegal drug at the federal level. And the feds will say you are not allowed to, to, to possess firearms, not, not only not allow you to buy one in a gun store, they have the option, I haven't seen this happen yet, but they have the option of trying to put you in prison for 10 years because you're in possession of a firearm by a prohibited possessor. Now, that's the worst case scenario. Yes. We don't believe that that's happening. But if somebody really wanted to be a jerk about it. Well, I mean, the ATF is tweeting about it, right? I yeah, mean, it's I mean, like. In, in, the last, in the last two sentences, you guys have used the word jerk <laughs> and you've used the term ATF. Do I put those together? <laughs> Thank you. Do. Oh my yes. Because it floors me that somebody could be using this medicinally to help their cancer, glaucoma, whatever it is, for your health, but because of that, you're not allowed to protect yourself. No. Well, you're not allowed to possess a firearm, that's right, and you potentially go to prison for 10 years. And the the new what we call 4473 form, that's the form you fill out when you go into a gun store to buy a gun. And you fill out your identifying information and whatnot, and then it asks you a series of questions. You know, first one, you know, are you a felon? That's not the way they phrase it, but that's what it means. And then right after that, it says, are a user of or addicted to any illegal drugs? And right, and right there, and they just added this about two, two and a half years ago, it now says this includes marijuana in those states where the state has legalized marijuana. So we'll get them high, we'll get them sedated, and we'll take their guns. I'm telling That's you. That's the plan. I've been because you got to think, guy, with this president and the last couple of years of things that this Congress has passed, if there ever were a time to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level, it would have been the last three years. Yes, uh, no doubt. And and listen, uh, you know, every time I I uh, I'm tempted to believe in a conspiracy theory, I go, well, you know, it's, I'm I'm not a conspiracy kind of guy, but you think it's weighing in to the Biden administration's decision because there have been bills introduced to change the, the Controlled Substances Act of 1970 to exclude marijuana as an illegal drug, and they haven't yet endorsed it. They haven't yet done anything with it. They haven't made it happen. You think that's because they could potentially put that many more gun owners in prison, potentially, or at least deny them the opportunity to buy a gun? Ah, that's not far-fetched so, for me. So even in Indiana, you fill out that form, and it has that question on it, where marijuana is illegal. Right. They still ask you if yes, you're addicted sure. to marijuana, and if you check that box... That's, well, it says, you, you are you a user to... of or addicted to any illegal drug? And then below <laughs> that, it says, including marijuana. And, I mean, with, and if you check that box, then if you that's, say yes, that's over. Then you're you a moron and you don't deserve to have a <laughs> well, gun. And, but, and get this, you're talking about a trick bag. If you say yes, you don't get your gun. If you say no and you're lying, it's 10 years in federal prison for lying on the form. Wait, wait, wait. So you could potentially get arrested for uh, uh, marijuana and then the cops could find a gun in your car. Yes, and charge you twice, you know, you know, multiple felonies. Well, Is that sure. what you're saying? And, and Having yes. a weapon with marijuana, and then if you lied on your form, there you go. There's well, a couple exactly. charges. And, and and what does this apply perfectly to you guys? This is another story that we've sent back and forth in the last couple of days. Hunter Biden at a time when in his autobiography admitted he was heavily addicted to cocaine, 
went in, bought a gun, and on that same 4473 form that we're talking about right now, where it said, are you a user of or addicted to any illegal drugs? And unlike marijuana, in states where it's been legalized, there's no uncertainty about cocaine, right? I haven't seen any state that's legalized that yet. And obviously, it's a Schedule I drug at the federal level. And he put no... At a time when he, in his autobiography, he specifically admitted he was addicted to cocaine. And that's why there's an investigation right now into whether or not he should be prosecuted for that. And get this, the Secret Service, this was all reported. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then then social media, of course, quashed it. But it was reported, the the Secret Service, not the ATF, not the FBI, the Secret Service, whose job it is to, oh, say, protect politicians, went to that gun store and tried to seize that 4473 form. I remember that. It always cracks me up when I see Joe Biden talking about, we're going to crack down on guns and illegal guns. Well, start with your crackhead son, yeah. because he <laughs> lied on the form. He had the gun, tried to ditch everything. We know this happened. That's right. Wouldn't that be a beautiful couple of questions in a press conference? Do you think that people who simply use marijuana, even if they have a medicinal marijuana card, should go to you know prison or be denied a gun purchase because they simply use marijuana? Well, yes, you know, we need to protect America from gun violence. Oh, how about somebody who's, who's uh, admittedly addicted to cocaine? So we, we should probably deny them a gun person. And if they lie on the form, uh, what right. should happen there? I mean, what do you say to that, Joe? And I happen to have seen with my own eyes the photo of where said crackhead is passed out with the pipe in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly, exactly. And some of the memes that have come out of that have been epic, by the way. I, I've been very impressed by some meme making. It's Monday, gun day. Guy Relford is here. Um, I want to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about some stuff happening here in Indy with the mayor, Joe Hawksett. Can you stick around? Always, man. All right. Guy Relford's with us. It's Monday Gun Day. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. It's Monday Gun Day. Guy Relford with us. 2A attorney, firearms instructor, and host of the Gun Guy Show. So, Guy, Nige and I were talking a little bit earlier about Mayor Hawksett. Hmm. Boss Hawk said he had a couple options this past weekend. He could have went to the courthouse to support fallen IMPD officer Brianne Leaf. Oh, man. Who was shot and killed in the line of duty. True hero. Responding to a domestic violence call. The lunatic that shot her was in court. Yes. He could have went to support Miss Leaf's family. But instead, he chose to do a photo op with Moms (laughs) Demand Action. And I'm curious as to your thoughts. Well, You can't say surprised, right? I mean, that's not the first word that comes to mind. Disgusted? Nah, okay. Uh, it, it, it's clearly uh, That clearly applies. But, but listen, it's no surprise because what he announced here a week and a half ago or so that, that you know I've talked about with you guys is his, his plan for Indianapolis where he wants to what? He wants to raise the minimum age to buy all firearms to 21. He wants to ban so-called assault weapons as ridiculous as a, a term as that is, um, he wants to do away with concealed carry of handguns altogether uh, and, of course, as part of that, uh, repeal constitutional carry within Marion County. What's that, guys? I mean, that's the that, that, that that's exactly the game plan. That's the playbook uh, for Moms Demand Action. 
Those are, I mean, those are their priorities. Right. So clearly what's happened here, I mean, am I speculating here a little bit? Yeah, but it's informed speculation. What happened here is that Moms Demand Action, a gun control group, make it, make no mistake. Gun grabber. They're an anti-Second Amendment group, someone who despises your Second Amendment rights. They went to Mayor Hogsett and they said, hey, we got a great idea for you. Yeah, we have this preemption law that says you can't regulate firearms as the city of Indianapolis, but why don't you propose all these gun control measures that we We've been fighting for, we've been advocating, and as part of that, say we ought to repeal the preemption law, and then we'll all declare victory, and it'll be great, and it'll be great for your voters, it'll be great for our members, even though it, legally it means nothing. That's what happened. And and he said, that's a great idea, and he announced and it, these proposals that are the Moms Demand Action you know, uh, playbook, uh, it, that's their action list. And, and then now they're all having a press conference and a, and a photo op, high five and declaring victory. He could have done both though, right? If you're going to oh, sure. tell me you're going to be the mayor in an election year and gun crime in Indianapolis is going to be your thing for whatever your definition of gun crime is fine. Do your little photo op with mom's demand action. But Officer Leith was the victim of gun crime, and you wanted absolutely no part of supporting that family because whether it was the tie-in to police or the lunatic that was on the other end, no law would have probably stopped that guy from killing her. I don't know why, but it was such a disgusting look by Joe Hogsett. You couldn't be more right, Jason. And and on that point, listen, any law enforcement officer we lose in the line of duty is heartbreaking and devastates the whole community. But Brianne Leith, I mean— what a hero. She, she, young lady, uh, young officer, but she came from a long history of law enforcement. Uh, she responded to a call and barged in there when she could have waited. She could have waited for backup. She could have done a lot of things that she didn't do. Um, she's a hero, and, and she's a hero for this community. And the fact that Joe Hogsett wouldn't go honor her by showing up uh, at that trial is, is, is repugnant to me. It really is. Guy Relford with us here. Now, Joe Hogsett also says that the IMPD is going to be giving away 500 gun locks. What is this? Yeah, well, you know, he was claiming... uh, Pandering is what it is. Pandering, going, hey, we're giving away gun locks. But listen, this is not really news, because get this. I mean, do you think the gun industry as a whole, you guys, is 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 on uh, Mayor Hogsett's you know list of favorite businesses in, in Indiana? No. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Guess where he got those five hundred gun locks from the gun industry? Because 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 this is what's going on. There's something the gun industry have, and this this is through the National Shooting Sports Foundation which is actually the industry group for gun producers and, and, and the shooting sports industry generally. I'm a member of NSSF as a guy who's a, 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 a certified firearms instructor. They have a program, uh, uh, Project Child Safe, where they've literally given away millions of, of gun locks to police departments around the country, including the gun locks we're talking about, that they've given to IMPD. I'm sure Joe Hawks is going to mention that at some point. I'm sure point. he's going to mention that. Thank you, <laughs> thank you to the gun industry for providing the locks that we're giving away. Isn't that interesting? And, and listen, I'm friends with the Indiana representative. His, uh, his name's Christopher Lee. He's a good guy. He's an Indiana guy that works for NSSF. We talk about these issues all the time. But isn't it odd 
that the gun industry supplied the locks to Mayor Hogsett that now he's now touting as his big initiative uh, as he's trying to attack the gun industry at the same time. If somebody wants to continue this conversation or reach out to you, how do they find you? Man, I'm always trying to build my Twitter following. So at Guy Relford, man, I'm very responsive on there. At Guy Relford on Twitter. Guy, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. When we come back, oh, man, this week it is shaping up to be a big week for people who will not become the president. (laughs) Another name adding to the list. Another one? We'll get to that when we come back. Do not go anywhere. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. All right, so let's run down the list of Republicans that have declared they're running the GOP nomination. Do we have time? President Donald, yeah, exactly. President Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, former UN ambassador to the United Nations, or ambassador to the United Nations, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Larry Elder, um, Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas. To quote Rob Kendall, who? (laughs) Well... If you thought that was, I, I at least didn't know who Asa Hutchinson is. Do you know who Perry Johnson is? No. <laughs> he's, a, he's never held office before. He's 75 years old. One of his campaign promises is to pardon Trump. Okay. And then Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis. Now, there's been rumors, by the way, that, you know, Liz Cheney, Chris Sununo, John Bolton, Glenn Youngkin. Who's asking for this? <laughs> Christy Noem all are going to declare. We're going to have a pretty big field. Uh, Is there going to be that JV debate like we had the last time around, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. There was the varsity debate and there was the JV debate. There was two nights of debates. But now it's been filed and it's on the record. Get the champagne on ice, Nige. All right. This could be a game changer. There's a town hall coming soon to CNN to really make this official the paperwork has been filed. Former governor, former congressman, former vice president, and former WIBC midday guy, Mike Pence, has filled out the paperwork to run to be the president of the United States. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I mean, I think the more the merrier. <laughs> that should right? be his campaign slogan. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Yeah, Mike Pence. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with Pence. I thought uh, he did a good job as, as vice president and head of the, the COVID task force um, for Donald Trump. He's got experience at the state and federal level. And and the evangelicals like the guy an awful lot. Good upstanding citizen, served his country for a long time but i don't think i feel like really, there's a butt coming here but i just don't think i don't, i'm not sure he has the charisma i you never know what could happen in these things why do you think so many people like donald trump was laughed at when he declared that he was running for the president of the united states of america and polling was horrible for him at the very beginning who knows what can happen who do you think realistically has a better chance to win the presidency mike pence or mike vanderjacked <laughs> Because I got 50 bucks on Vandy right now. Where is Vanderjet at? Where's Mike? Where's Vanderjet? He did have a bar in Florida. I think it was co-owned with Edge at one point. Now, I don't really? think that it's still in existence, but uh, I have no idea. 
But in other candidate news, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, he went on The View today and he dunked all over Sonny Hostin. Now, Sonny is somebody that feels like Tim Scott, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's the exception to the rule. Yeah, when Tim Scott made his uh, campaign announcement official, he gave a great speech from Congress to the cotton fields, the kind of thing, you know, uh, you know, basically saying you can do anything, you can accomplish anything in this great country. And Sonny Hostin yeah. feels like, you know, if you are a black person in this country, then you are a victim. There's no hope for you, even though all of her dreams have come true in her life. And she's on television every single day with, oh, by the way, another black woman named Whoopi Goldberg. But Tim <laughs> Scott went into the lion's den today and he did battle. You don't believe in systemic racism. What is your definition of systemic racism? Or does it even exist yeah. in your mind? Let me, let me answer the question this way. One of the things that I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show, is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today, <laughs> that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but, I can't but it imagine, is. But it's not, actually. Here's, here's, it's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah, so, so the fact of the matter is we've had an African-American president, African-American uh, vice president. We've had two African-Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African-American who's now running for mayor. The head of the highway patrol for South Carolina is an African-American. Still in, 19, in 1975, Holy God Almighty. Um, there was Shut about 15% in the African-American community. For the first time in the history of the country, it's under five percent. Still exceptions. Still exceptions. How Says many you. exceptions does he have to rattle <laughs> off? And the thing is, he doesn't like talking about race to begin with. Right? Why are we talking about this? She's sitting there looking him in the face. Well, no, there's still exceptions. Says who? You? Here's a little bit more of Tim oh. Scott's going toe-to-toe -to -toe with I, Sonny. I love how he called her basically disgusting. <laughs> I mean, he said these comments were disgusting, but he looked at her, looked, at her, looked at her in the face and said, yeah, that was a disgusting comment. Every kid today can look, just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have african-american and hispanic hosts so what i'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule and for us to so suggest america has met its promise no of course the the concept of america is that we are going to become a more perfect union but in fact the challenges that we face 50 years ago and 60 years ago should not be the same challenges that we face today. And, and here's the way that you, you measure that. When my mother was born, about 10% of African-Americans got a high school degree, wow. diploma. Today, it's over 90%. wonder what it's like being taken to school on live TV <laughs> for Sonny Houston. This is like in that one Olympics where Vince Carter took off and dunked over that seven-foot guy. It's just embarrassing. I mean, it's just, it, it, you know... It, there's nothing she can say. No. And this is my favorite part. This is the last clip of this. Listen as Tim Scott starts to win over the crowd, dominating the conversation, and the only response they have is, we have to get to a commercial. <laughs> when you look at the income, when you look at the income success that That's we've had. HBCU stat. 
Listen, HBCUs is a good one because one of the reasons why I took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country and then I helped make it permanent is because I believe that education is the closest thing to magic in America. So I'm about making sure that our kids have as many opportunities to succeed as possible. It's one of the reasons why. I need I did, an opportunity to well, succeed because I have to go to Britain. Oh, they're begging. I'm just getting started. I, know. I believe all Go to break. Go to break. The Very audience nice. is clapping for Tim Scott. Go to break right now. <laughs> right now. Good for him. And that first clip where he was just the comments on this show were disgusting. I that I like Tim Scott. He's a happy warrior, man. And he's he's optimistic about the direction of this country. And I love it. And he's not afraid to have those conversations right to the face of the people calling him everything but an Uncle Tom. And sometimes they do call him that. Uh, James Comey, old leaking lion James Comey, did an interview with MSNBC. Former FBI director, fired, disgraced FBI director. He sat down with Jen Psaki over the weekend. Now, oh, I bet this was a hard-hitting interview. You remember Jen Psaki, right? <laughs> the press secretary with the extremely red hair. You know who she is now, former, right? Former press secretary, extremely red hair, yes. Old Lincoln Lyon <laughs> said that uh, of the current candidates running for president on both sides of the political aisle, Joe Biden is the only candidate that is about law and protecting the Constitution. Anyone on the Republican side you might consider if it's not Trump? It has to be Joe Biden. And, and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country. And I, I'm not talking about policy. People can disagree about policy. There are things above those disagreements that all of us should think about the same way. The president must be someone who abides the law and our Constitution. And there's no one else but Joe Biden. How many times has the Supreme Court ruled that the things Joe Biden are trying to do are not constitutional? <laughs> and how many scandals is That's this dude going to skate on? Like, they're currently investigating Joe Biden and his crime-ridden family right now. But he's the one that abides by the law. And, and why is James Comey on TV? Has he got a book coming out? Uh, hor J James Comey and his horrible book. Is that, <laughs> like, what's he doing on TV? What credibility, any shred of credibility does he have? He's the one that perpetuated the Steele dossier and the Russian collusion hoax. And by the way, Mr. Lincoln Lyon, if I could have your attention, I'm still waiting for your daughter to explain why oh, she, yeah. as the prosecutor, sealed up Epstein's client list. Not as the defense, but as the prosecutor. If you could get that back to me, that would be awesome. Keep All right. holding your breath. Emma and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Alright, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I am going to run some stories by you. You break down all the information that's been presented. You give us the verdict. Is the story anything or not? We start with this. Bush Gardens in Tampa is working with authorities after an influencer jumped into an alligator oh, exhibit. I started rolling my eyes at the word influencer. Because they wanted to make a video. Here is uh, some audio from the video that the man known as Jupa 
made jumping into the alligator exhibit. Idiot. All right, guys. So today we're going to be jumping into the crocodile exhibit. Ooh. Crikey, mate. This is insane. Let's get a closer look, shall we? Just to see how it is. We have never been this close to the alligator. The crocodiles, guys. Crikey. Look how big that bugger is. We are exploring the Amazon rainforest. This is really crazy. Crikey. Did you hear the people outside till at the end of that piece of audio? Get out! What are you doing? Moron! This is nothing. This guy, I wish the alligator would have bit his damned hand off. Me too. Damn alligator, bit my <laughs> hand off! An influencer. Whatever. This guy has less than a thousand followers. Uh, and he he's one of these guys that you see like posting prank videos like harassing strangers getting kicked out of businesses and stuff like that there could be legal trouble for him in terms of trespassing or disturbing the peace or whatever but look man people have been hurt doing that kind of crap before and the steve Irwin impression by the way was very lame as well this guy is a horrible influencer and it's just attention seeking doofuses on some of these social media platforms. Bush Garden like, said nobody was hurt. Nobody was hurt. People or animals. Uh, I wish the press release would have continued, but we can confirm he's a dumbass. <laughs> uh, every one of these guys are. So, I mean, this just get a job, dude. <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. So what are you going to do for the rest of your life? You're going to be a 45-year-old influencer. <laughs> you got two kids to take care of, but you're an influencer. You're jump in the bear exhibit at the at Bush Gardens. Again, I'm rooting for the animals. Yes. I really wish the gators no would have question. bit off a hand and or crank. <laughs> okay. Is this anything? What happens if an actor gets, you know, excited during a passionate scene in a movie, here's Hollywood intimacy coordinator, Dr. Jessica Steinrock, explaining how she helps male actors not, you know, get full-fledged, so to speak. Get an erection. <laughs> oh, goodness. During the scene. I'm sorry. One of the many reasons we use both a modesty garment and a barrier when filming spicy scenes is to make sure that if a vascular reaction does happen, there's padded protection to make sure that the scene partner never needs to feel anything. And you can ask for a break for whatever reason, and you never need to tell me why. Uh, cut. Please cut. Uh, uh, something just came up. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Burgundy, you have a massive... <laughs> Did she say... Did I hear the term vascular reaction? Vascular reaction, so th yes. They're filming a love scene in a movie, and and you get a, a stiffy. Right. <laughs> You're allowed to... There's, there's certain protocols and barriers in place to make sure, A, nobody feels anything, <laughs> and B, you can say cut for any reason whatsoever. Uh, that I now I mean I I actually think yeah that's something that's interesting I didn't know they had I didn't know movies had uh, intimacy coordinators. How much do you and, think Jessica Steinrock brings down a year <laughs> being an intimacy I mean, that's coordinator? A six figure gig. Like I'm I'm trying to think like I mean you know when Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas in Basic Instinct I mean that, uh, there's a pretty intense scene in that movie. And a, a love scene, if 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 you remember, there's a couple, right. there's a few of them. 
I, I, I always remember watching that thinking, how in the world could you not like, like, because <laughs> I mean, you got a hot, you know, 20 something Sharon Stone. I mean, I realize there's Hollywood lights and people all around the set right. and people looking at you. And I always hear actors say, oh, but it ain't like it's, it's Joy Behar over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I always see, I hear it's not an intimate setting. There's people making a movie, right? And so I, I think this is, I think that's actually, that was pretty interesting. I did not know that there was, there was shields and barriers in your nether regions to help you from getting a, a rigid digit. <laughs> did I just get a rigid digit out of yeah, you right there? there? You go. That's, that's well done. I've never heard that before. <laughs> uh, last one here. Let's make time for this. Is this anything? Taylor Swift was doing a show in Chicago over the weekend, yeah. and she's walking around, singing, talking, doing Taylor Swift things. Massive crowd. And then she swallowed a bug. She swallowed a bug. <laughs> uh. Is there any chance that none of you saw that? <laughs> so I'm just going to try not to do as, as many of those. Um, this is going to happen again tonight. There's so many bugs. There's thousands of them. Is that anything? That's that's something, and because it leads us to our next segment called "Great Moments in Bug Swallowing History." All right. When we did the story of the news anchor swallowing a fly live on the air, and the sound of that fly going down <laughs> that anchor's throat made me puke during our show. Wrote. Play, play it again. Just play her swallow. A national emergency I'm, has been invoked. Oh, there it is. Oh. Oh, it's all down her throat, Nigel. Stop, stop, it's all stop, going stop, down stop, her throat stop, stop. with no, all no, that no, no, bacteria no, no, no. on the fly's legs. And oh, oh man. All the fly larva. Yeah, she had to burp it up at one point, and the fly and the saliva all <laughs> came out. <laughs> 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 Looks like we did it, Kyle. We made it, baby. We got him. We got him. <laughs> oh, this is real. This is happening. Do it on the camera so everybody knows we're not faking it. <laughs> so I'm just going to assume that grunt means, yes, this is something. <laughs> A national emergency has been... Stop! Stop! Go to break! Go to break! <laughs> we better clean the studio up. Go to up. break! Uh all the things I've done in my broadcast career, that's the only thing anybody ever asked me about when I meet them. I remember when you puked on the air. And then you have to respond, which time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Learning a little bit more about uh, Representative Jim Lucas, who's been on this show many times. It represents 69th District, I believe. Out of Seymour. Um, yeah. Uh, he was arrested for DUI and fleeing the scene. According to uh, a report, he drove on three flat tires for more than two miles after ramming into a guardrail and making a U-turn on an interstate entrance ramp in that crash last week. Yeah, that was about, what? when was that, May 31st? Right. Um, and this report that's out from the Indiana State Police and a couple different places have published it in its entirety. Uh, but, yeah, this was not a pretty picture. Lucas has been on our show many times. He's uh, even come on after some controversial 
events that have happened in his career, whether it be Facebook posts or stuff like that, he's always been open and honest. And Had some crossfire with Rob Kendall before. That was some of the greatest radio I've ever heard in my life. Uh, when he, you got him and Rob Kendall, and the, Rob Kendall doesn't like the guy as a legislator, right? right. I mean, they've huge, huge beef. And uh, I've always, I've always liked him, and I'm not sure, you know, you know, his voting record and some of the stuff on property taxes and stuff. But that's the entire; those are all Republicans here in the state, right? Right. right. So we don't. I mean, I, without you know revealing too much behind the scenes. We the show texted him and he he said he's doing okay, but that's all he's that's all he said. Right, so, you know, we invited all, him to come on. We we invited him to come on, yeah, uh, but <laughs> there was no reply. And so far, we haven't heard had a statement from uh, of any kind from Representative Lucas after what happened. I'm assuming his lawyer is telling him to keep his mouth shut. Like, <laughs> I. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he would have called us to come on. Quite frankly, right? He's always down to come on. <laughs> like, but but then he probably should have immediately f- fired his lawyer for letting him do that. <laughs> if that if that would have happened, right? The booking so. records from the Jackson County Sheriff's Office show he's facing preliminary charges of operating a vehicle while intoxicated, causing endangerment, leaving the scene of a crash, and operating a vehicle while intoxicated. The Jackson County prosecutor said, quote, at this time, the investigation is ongoing. I cannot make a charging decision until the investigation is complete. We don't have a blood alcohol content either. I have no idea what that is, at least not that I've seen in this report. And that is being worked on right now. There is a toxicology report uh, that has not been turned in yet. So that's a little bit more about what happened with Representative Jim Lucas. You think you should resign? Man, if you're driving drunk, you have to. Like, there's no excuse for driving drunk anymore. And that's, I mean, there's so many options out there. If you want to go out and tie one on and be out until 3 in the morning, be my guest. But get an Uber, get a cab, get a Lyft. I mean, the options are out there. I mean, if if what the police report says is true, I mean, crashing into a guardrail and driving miles... On three on flat tires. Three flat tires, and then you know, leaving the scene and making a U-turn. It's is really lucky they didn't hurt anybody, uh, and I hope he gets the help that he needs. The crash report stated that based on the clues gathered during the sobriety test and the odor of an alcoholic beverage coming from Lucas, the trooper believed Lucas was intoxicated. He did consent for a blood draw, and the results are pending. Gotcha. Um, remember Lori Lightfoot? Remember Beetlejuice running around Chicago being a pain in the ass, the not worst, doing her job? Yeah, the worst mayor in the history of, well. Can't really say that say. for Chicago because <laughs> yeah. they've had some real zeros up there. Uh, but she has now landed a teaching gig at Harvard. Of course. Now, keep in mind, Lori Lightfoot was so bad at her job in Chicago that she wasn't even in the top two of the primary vote. <laughs> Because in Chicago, you just have to be in the top two to move on. She couldn't get there. And she blamed racism, of course. Which <laughs> but is- she got beat by a black guy. <laughs> but everything racism, right? Everything racism. Yeah, she was she was bad at her job. Crime really, was out really of control bad. during her reign in Chicago. Still is. Unions were against her. Teachers were on strike. And she violated her own COVID policies. Take a listen to this. 
what we announced yesterday, our new Protect Chicago campaign, really has three components. Uh, one is the uh, stay-at-home advisory, and we're really urging folks to really restrict their activities outside of their home. This is a great day for our country. And a rally of the street when Biden all won. Those people who voted, Amen. you made this happen. I mean, not only that, but uh, she went and got her hair did. Remember that controversy? That's right. I mean, you closed down the salons, and then then she got caught getting her hair cut or, or style, and she goes, well, I have to be on TV. And this is during the, <laughs> the height of the COVID lunacy lockdowns. She was one of the biggest hypocrites of COVID policy in the country. Her, Gavin Newsom, uh, the they San Francisco were. mayor, the Washington, D.C. mayor, all of them were lunatics. Our governor. <laughs> That's true. You put a mask on, you better wear your mask. And then she's on social media picking up carry out with his hands around two broads. <laughs> Not they're a all, mask to be found. I mean, they're all face to face, neck to neck, <laughs> a big smile on her face. Not a mask in sight. Does this make you respect Harvard a little less that they've hired Lori I Lightfoot? I never respected Harvard. <laughs> okay. Poor choice of words there. But you're in Ivy League school. You're Harvard. The name should mean something. What is somebody going to learn from Lori Lightfoot other than how to wreck a major city in this country? She's teaching a health policy and leadership course. Okay. So imagine you're a parent and you're paying just a ridiculous amount of money for your son or daughter to go to Harvard to learn from the best this country has to offer. And the instructor is Lori Lightfoot, who got blown out in her own primary. A distant third, as you mentioned earlier in the segment. Very distant third. Blamed it on racism, but the guy that won was black. Uh, Chuck Todd has decided to wrap up his <laughs> duties of hosting NBC's Meet the Press. Oh, he decided, huh? <laughs> well, that's what he says. I'll be honest, though. I leave feeling concerned about this moment in history, but reassured by the standards we've set here. We didn't tolerate propagandists, and this network and program never will. But it doesn't mean sticking your head in the sand either. If you ignore reality, you'll miss the biggest story. Being a real political journalist isn't about building a brand. It's about reporting what's happening and explaining why it's happening and letting the public absorb the facts. If you do this job seeking popularity, you are doing this job incorrectly. I wonder how many times, you know, talking about political propagandists, how many times do you have Adam Schiff on to talk about Russian collusion? Bingo. I'm glad on, you on picked up on that. Take a listen to this one more time. This is like the laugh line from Chuck Todd here. We didn't tolerate propagandists, and this <laughs> network and program never will. But it doesn't sure. mean sticking your head in the sand either. And now it's time for Chuck Todd, great moments and propaganda. Uh, this is <laughs> Chuck Todd on Meet the Press carrying the water for the FBI and knowing now what we know from the Durham report. This is just ridiculous. Folks, that kind of smear campaign against the FBI's leadership and that kind of willingness to embrace the president's conspiracy theories has gone off the rails. And it has gone off the rails with the help of elected Republicans who... I think we all thought should know better. Can't criticize the FBI, <laughs> according allowed. to Chuck Todd. Okay. Here is audio of uh, the Chuckster protecting Hunter Biden and the laptop. <laughs> he's not a public figure. He isn't running for office. And he's not a campaign surrogate. He's not even on the campaign trail. And he isn't in any way asking for this attention, obviously. Look, oh, we are going to tell you that the president's attack on Hunter Biden is remarkable. And it's newsworthy. 
But we can't in good conscience amplify those attacks, so we won't. We will simply tell you that it happened, and it seemed to cross a line. Okay. Look, you have to understand who Chuck Todd is. He's a shill. He's not a neutral guy. He's a Democrat partisan posing as some sort of journalist. He started his career for uh, working for some Democrat congressman's campaign. His wife is a big-wig, big-time Democratic strategist. And it's obvious that we know where his politics lie. And it, for him to walk up there and say, we never took part in propaganda— then why did you have to apologize for editing the Bill Barr audio? During the program, we had a soundbite from a CBS News interview with the Attorney General Bill Barr. In the bite that we aired and commented on, Mr. Barr was asked how he thinks the history of his decision to end the prosecution of the former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn will be written. Mr. Barr answered, quote, history is written by the winner, so it largely depends on who's writing the history. In the full version of the interview and transcript, he went on to say, but I think a fair history would say that it was a good decision because it held, upheld the rule of law. Now, we did not edit that out. That was not our edit. We didn't include it because we only saw the shorter of two clips that CBS did air. Because nobody does any research or work, Chuck. And checked for a full transcript. A mistake that I wish we hadn't made and one that I wish I hadn't made. The second part of the attorney general's answer would have put it in the proper context. And had I seen that part of the interview, I would not have framed the conversation the way I did. And I... Obviously, I'm very sorry for that mistake. You know, he said he's leaving MS, Meet the Press to spend more time with his family, which I roll my eyes. Like, give me, it's like the biggest cliche. I was, he was either given a choice. You were doing a horrible, you're horrible at your job. You're a partisan hack. I mean, they fight. You're going to tell me he's stepping down right ahead of the 2024 campaign? Right. And Kristen Welker is going to be his replacement. And listen, this might be an unpopular opinion. I liked the debate that she was the moderator on. Yeah. She yeah. did a good job. She reined in both candidates. She asked tough questions to both candidates. Now, she could completely become a lunatic. Maybe she is, and I just haven't seen it. But I liked her as the moderator. I'm going to give her a chance Fair here. enough. Um, but when we're talking about Chuck Todd, one of my favorite moments of all time, was when he was captured on that hot mic when the just debacle of an Iowa caucus happened for the Democrats. And you could hear Chuck Todd in the background going, this is an effing disaster. His name was being repeated often, but we also need to talk about the Mike Bloomberg factor, which is the fact that he's now waiting in the wings, waiting in super... <laughs> All right, how about this? We've got some tickets to give away here. Uh, Laughing Matters featuring Jeff Foxworthy, Clues Hall, June 24th. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. We got a fun little game you can play, but you have to be caller number 9-239-9393. That's the number. 239-9393. Caller number 9. We'll play a game with you next. We got tickets. Two tickets to see Laughing Matters featuring Jeff Foxworthy, Clues Hall, June 24th. Uh, who was our caller? Brian. Brian standing by. Brian, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm, do I'm doing well. How are you guys? Man, we're good. We're real good. You can go ahead and fade the music good. all the way out here. Um, this is how we're going to play the game here, okay? Uh, I'm still hearing the traffic. I'm still hearing the traffic uh, music, too. It's okay. Okay. Right. We're good. Um, so we're going to play a game called Famous for Jokes or Famous for Woke. Okay. 
We're going to give you the name of somebody. It's either going to be a famous comedian or somebody that's very woke. Somebody that only focuses on race and sex and race. And race. <laughs> you get three out of five. We're going to give you the tickets, okay? Okay. Okay, here we go. Famous for jokes or famous for woke, Gallagher. Uh, jokes. Jokes. All right. One down, got to get two more. Famous for jokes, okay. famous for woke, Whoopi Goldberg. Woke. Woke, very correct. <laughs> One more, and we'll give you the tickets. Famous for jokes, famous for woke, Carrot Top. Jokes. There, there we go. go. Very nice. nice. My man, Brian, stay on the line. We'll let Sam and Chris take care of you. Uh, that's a winner. Enjoy the show, okay? That was one of the better interviews we've done with a comedian on the show was Jeff Foxworthy. Yes. He's really good. He was awesome, actually. We asked Jeff, you know, did anybody ever give you bad advice? And this is what he told us. Hello? Do we have When that? you were first getting going, was there ever somebody, like a consultant or somebody you looked up to that came to you and said, hey, kid, this whole redneck thing's not going to work out. You maybe <laughs> want to think about doing some other material here. I, I remember early on, I was doing a show at Catch a Rising Star in New York City, and Richard Belzer, literally, I came off stage, and he grabbed me by the shirt, and he pulled me out on the sidewalk out front, and he said, look, kid, I'm just trying to give you some good advice. He goes, that redneck stuff, th that's stupid. It ain't going anywhere. You should work on something else. And so anytime I would see Bells after that, he said, aren't you glad I gave you the great advice about the redneck stuff? So, so Jeff Foxworthy getting bad advice from Richard Belzer oh, right there. Oh, the, the Bells. <laughs> That's so funny. Maybe we'll hopefully we get him back on the show for this thing. Yeah, yeah. It should be a fun show, man. June 24th. It's called Laughing Matters featuring Jeff Foxworthy. We have got a pretty big 5 o'clock hour coming up for you. Not only will we have Daisy from the Chicks on the Right program. Cool. It's Moonshine Monday, oh, I forgot. Moonshine Monday. That's on the way, along with the biggest stories of the day. We're just getting rolling. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. The RNC has released its requirements for the first presidential debate. Which is going to be held in Milwaukee. It's in August. It's going to be held by Fox. Fox is doing the debate, which, you know, is already a good sign, I think, considering that it's only going to be conservative-leaning outlets that are going to be handling these debates. I, I, I like that. Um, now, you say that, but the last time I think Fox did a debate, Chris Wallace was the moderator. Sure. And it might as well have been Rachel Maddow. Right. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why they keep the, the Republicans kept on, you know, letting CNN and NBC and CBS and all these other different outlets have the time with these people when they clear bias against them. And then, of course, Megyn Kelly in her interaction with Donald Trump right. in 2015. So you make a good point about that. But So I'm assuming these requirements for the GOP candidates to participate in this first debate in August. Wow, that's right around the corner. By the way, wow. I'm assuming it's polling thresholds and fundraising thresholds, right? There's a little more to it. So really? you're right. You must poll at 1% in three national polls or 1% 
in two national polls and one early state poll. So like Iowa or New Hampshire, you have to at least be at 1% in two different polls for those early states. You have to have 40,000 unique donors to your campaign, 40,000 different donors. And here's the kicker. You must sign a pledge to support the eventual RNC candidate. (laughs) Really? So if Trump loses out to DeSantis and he wants to participate in these debates, he's got to endorse DeSantis? Well, it's the debate, so he'll have to make that decision ahead of time because we won't know who the candidate will be. I understand, but that's... that's He's going to have to sign a pledge that says, even if I get beat... I'll support DeSantis or Tim Scott or Nikki Haley. Sure whoever. he will. Sure. I, I don't know that I see Donald Trump getting beat in this GOP primary. I'm not ready to call it yet, but do you think he really fulfill that promise that he has to make, that requirement to sign something that says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll support whoever is the candidate? Do you really think that he'd follow through with that? Now, do you think the RNC is putting this in there as a way to say, you know what? Maybe we don't want Donald Trump in these debates. Maybe if we showcase everybody else, it's best for DeSantis because it feels like there's a lot of people that don't want Donald Trump to win. Maybe, but either way, I think Donald Trump's going to sign it, and here's why. These debates are going to get huge ratings, huge eyeballs on them from coast to coast. He can't afford, Trump can't afford to not participate in these debates and have that platform in front of everybody. So that's why he's going to sign it. That's what he's going to do. I mean, that would be ridiculous if if everybody's up there debating without him and he's on Truth Social with, like, what does he have, a few million followers there on Truth Social, you know, truthing about the debates that he decided not to participate in? Come on. But at the same time, just a little devil's advocate here, wouldn't you be interested into what he had to say on Truth Social while these were going on? And I'm betting you the news networks, news talk radio, people like us around the country will also report on what he had to say on his social media. Yeah, I I would be curious, of course. Yeah, that's a good point, um, but not as good as being there in person and... You know, the only thing is that Trump just has such a commanding lead right now. Who knows what the polls will look like in August, you know, creeping up around this summer. Again, August 23rd. Not that far away. Wow. Uh, That's tailgate worthy right there. We're going to have to have one of those parties in the WIBC lobby like we used to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. Now, I could see Donald Trump not doing all these debates. I could see him doing one and going, all right, I did the first one. I'm done here. Uh, especially if he has a commanding lead sure. uh, still after the first one. But, yeah, what's the harm of signing the pledge and then going out and saying, yeah, I'm not supporting any of these people? <laughs> it's not like they're going to lock him up. <laughs> you violated the pledge. You put your name down. Yeah, sorry, I lied. Uh, this is interesting. Thursday could have a little action. House Oversight Chair James Comer confirmed that that federal document that the whistleblower came out and said exists where Joe Biden is basically laying out pay for play. Um, This Thursday, you could have contempt of Congress hearings for FBI Director Ray. Here's a little bit from uh, the oversight chair, James Comer. FBI officials confirmed that the unclassified FBI generated record 
has not been disproven and is currently being used in an ongoing investigation. The confidential human source who provided information about then-Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme is a trusted, highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI for over 10 years and has been paid over six figures. These are facts and no amount of spin and, frankly, lies from the White House or congressional Democrats can change this information. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee, and we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. Okay, we'll see what happens, but right after Comer did that press conference, I, I believe the ranking member on that committee is Raskin, who's a Democrat, came out and said the exact opposite. Said, no, this, <laughs> no, this document's referring to an old investigation that never went anywhere, and it's nothing. So, I mean, like polar opposite statements. Comer turned around, walked out, and then Raskin goes in, and he, he said, the, uh, I mean, a complete 180. If it's nothing, like, then turn it over. If it's that, nothing no, and it's unclassified, point. turn it over. That's a, that's a good point. They're, the FBI is not turning it over is the only thing. If so, it's such so a nothing burger, what do you have to be scared of? Turn it over then. Uh, but it feels like every time, whether it's conservatives or Democrats, you get fired up. I want a document. I want an indictment. I want this or that. About 90% of the time, yeah. you're going to be disappointed. Well, I mean, look at the Durham probe and the report that was released, proving everything we've been saying for years about how Russia collusion was a joke and that the FBI uh, was using these the Steele dossier to get the phony FISA warrants to spy on Trump. There was nothing, no proof of it, but, but nothing ever, nobody ever answered for that. Nobody, nobody's right. held accountable for that. Right. All these the hearings where you brought yeah. in big tech, yes. you know, they admit, yeah, we suppressed the laptop story. Then yeah, they give exactly. you a DX crotch chop and they <laughs> dare you to do something about it. Nothing ever happens, and that's what's frustrating. It is. We'll have really good sound bites. We'll have story for a day. And to quote Jim Carrey, then we'll bend over and take it up the tailpipe. <laughs> um, hey, would you like to hear from somebody that's an idiot? Uh, sure. How about Democrat Rep. Debbie Wasserman oh. Schultz? Good old Debbie Downer. <laughs> Debbie was apparently very upset over this weekend, questioning the nerve of DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Tim Scott about the debt ceiling vote. The nerve of MAGA extremism like DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, they refused to even put on the table restoring some of the $1.9 trillion tax cuts that were unpaid for that blew a hole in our deficit on their watch under Donald Trump. That was Wasserman Schultz. Debbie Wasserman what, what, Schultz. What is she... What does she care what DeSantis and Nikki Haley has to say? They're not in Congress and they didn't vote, you moron. Who wants to tell Debbie Wasserman Schultz that two-thirds of the names she just rattled off are not members of Congress? They have no say whatsoever in any way, shape, or form with the dead ceiling. DeSantis and Nikki Haley were never going to vote on this, <laughs> but according to old Debbie Downer there, they were a big part of the problem. Let's do some legal stuff here real quick. How about it? Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. It's just an awful story. A family is filing lawsuit over their son who died 
after taking the COVID vaccine. And it's not one of those things where uh, we think he, that he died because of the vaccine. The coroner's report said that he responded badly to the Pfizer vaccine and developed flu-like symptoms, uh, went to, coughing up blood, pain in his feet and hands and teeth, sensitive to sunlight, uh, George, let's see, what's his name? George Watts Jr. collapsed in his bedroom, died in 2021. And according to the coroner, uh, the COVID vaccine related myocarditis. Now, Big Pharma can't be sued over this type of thing, though. They're suing, they're not suing Big Pharma, they're suing the Department of Defense and saying they willfully and they, uh, they're basically saying willful misconduct by promoting the vaccines as safe and effective. Okay, clearly, so they're going after the DOD yes. and not Pfizer. You know, clearly this is a rarity. I, I think it happens more than we know. Uh, we still the, don't know what happened to Jamie Foxx. Like, well, sure. Rumors yeah, are out there. Rumors are out there about him, about uh, Damar Hamlin. Uh, like, we just, uh, certainly the numbers, like in highly vaxxed countries, all-cause all mortality rates are higher than they ever have been. And I hope this kid and his family get every dollar they deserve. All right, coming up next, we got a little Moonshine Monday night. Oh, yeah. Moonshine okay. Monday is coming up, and then coming up at 5.30, Daisy from Chicks on the Right. And it takes me back to a simpler place in time When we used to kick back and let the moon shine Moonshine Mondays here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. While some other radio shows do menopausal Mondays, <laughs> we do Moonshine Mondays on this radio so. Little inside joke right there. I like it. I like it. So we still got some moonshine left over. We, we do. More, we have another flavor to taste. Our I, friends I at like... Moondrops Distillery. Oh, that's right. They left a bunch here, didn't they? Right. So when your yeah. Decatur County contact yes. dries up right. or the cops show up, <laughs> we have yeah. a little something here that you can buy on the shelves right now. Moondrops Distillery. Uh, now, I've had this me. in the freezer all day. Okay, don't tell me what flavor it is. I wanna, okay. I want to see if I can get Let it. me open it up here from the thing here. Careful. Ooh. Oh, Here's man. There we nice. go. Oh, this is so cold. What distillery? The Moondrop? Yes, Moondrops okay. Distillery. Well, it already has the color of sort of a cinnamon-like fireballish type color. To it it's so. a it's got a little brown to it yeah so cheers. cheers see if you can tell me what it is cheers everybody oh oh man was i right cinnamon was it no was no it peppermint apple pie apple pie <laughs> okay i was way off <laughs> you should let me try that again here go for it mm. go for it mm. oh, that's, oh that's, that's good that's, wow Okay, that that, so all right, good. now I'm getting the apple pie. Now I got it's, it. You get more of the apple pie taste like I as an aftertaste now. almost. Sure. Man, that's really good. Well, thank you to Moondrops Distillery for yes, that off Yes, thank for you. Us. Bonfire Blends uh, Apple Pie Moonshine on this Moonshine Monday. Uh, we got time for a little booze news here? While we're, we're already drinking. Let's, Let's do it. it. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. Time 
for booze, dude. I mean, this whole Bud Light thing kind of blew up in their faces, and I'm not even sure it was really Dylan Mulvaney or that had something to do with it, but it was really more about the marketing chick that came up with the whole idea for Dylan Mulvaney saying, we don't like our customers, we don't want our fratty customers drinking this beer, this beer's basically attacking the base customer for Bud Light. And so we're going on seven weeks now of of Bud Light sales plunging. Do you remember the last name of the woke Bud Light marketing executive? Heinrich Night! <laughs> uh, so, so there's a big story on Fox News about how Bud Light salespeople are are being given the middle finger in car horns as boycott the you know, as this boycott passes the seventh week. And I'm like, that sucks. Don't flip off Bud Light salespeople. Give them a That's, thumbs down because it hurts their feelings more. Right. We had that thing about the other day, which is worse, <laughs> thumbs down or the middle finger. So you know, Bud Light's been giving away their product for free, buying it back from retailers. It's just kind of been a disaster. And but but don't take it out on the salespeople. It's their jobs. You're a loser if you flip off somebody that is in in a, in a Bud Light car or or you know wearing any attire or something. Like All right, that. let me give you some devil's advocate here. What if somebody in a Bud Light truck cuts me off in the highway? <laughs> Am I then not allowed to give them the thumbs down when I pass them, Nige? Now, You're yes. the arbiter of all things middle finger here. I think if they cut you off and they're driving erratically, yes, of course. Then, you, but, but don't give them the middle finger because you don't like... You know, the boycott, or, or, or you're, you're boycotting the beer. What's I, concerning what for me, though, it? is that what if the driver thinks that's why I'm flipping him <laughs> off? Oh, he must be part of the boycott. No, you're an idiot, and you're taking up two lanes. That's an angle I hadn't thought of. Very right. Very true. Uh, we got some more booze news here. A boater was arrested and charged with driving under the influence after being caught passed out at the helm and seeing barreling towards a crowded <gasps> beach. No, I, dude, I saw this. This was in Madeira Beach, where we've both been in Florida. Love Madeira Tampa, Beach. Tampa, St. Pete area. He yeah. claimed not to have consumed any alcohol, even though there were an empty beer can in plain sight. <laughs> Here's the moment two sheriffs interrogated him, along with his also passed out passenger. Where'd you park? In Alpha River on Alpha 41. Do you know where you are now? Right now, I'm, I think we're way out of the way. Okay. How much have you had to drink? We don't have no alcohol. I'm looking at an empty beer can. <laughs> I, think, I think we're way out of the way. Uh, I've seen this footage. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. It's It's crazy. He's motoring down. He's slumped over in his... Uh, driver's seat and it's like just the boat's driving by itself and he starts swimming into like towards the beach area and that's a crowded beach yeah madeira beach and so he he was swimming with the uh, swimming he was driving the boat through somebody could have gotten hurt right it's crazy footage you should look that up if you can so i'm glad they got that guy off the water oh we got about a minute left here can i get some mood music sure why not olympics now, this is kind of an adult-themed story. Just want to put that out there. All right. Got young kids. Might want to turn it up. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Sweden is the first country to register sex as an official sport. I'm sorry? Sweden has registered sex as an official <laughs> sport of the country. And later this week, they're going to host the first ever European sex championships. <laughs> How does that work? 20 representatives from different European countries will take part. The championship will last a few weeks with daily competitions lasting for multiple hours. 
Each individual participant will engage for up to one hour daily, depending on... One hour? Or less, depending on, you know. um, (laughs) According to organizers, the focus of sex as a sport is maximizing pleasure. Participants will be judged on creativity, strong emotions, (laughs) imagination, physical fitness, endurance, and workability... Your final scores will be determined by a panel of judges. <laughs> so you're sitting there doing the hibbity-dibbity for an hour in front of panels of judges? Yes. I don't believe you. <laughs> Go to Sweden. No, be- th- sign th- up for it, Nige. I-, I couldn't. I would lose within the first two minutes. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be able to perform in front of an audience. You showing up would be like that skit in SNL while Farley was the Chippendales dancer. <laughs> you're standing next to Patrick Swayze. All right, uh, we got Daisy coming up next. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. She is one half of the amazing Chicks on the Right program. She's got a beautiful face. She has athletic thighs. She's America's (laughs) sweetheart. Daisy joins us. How are you, love? Hey, Daisy. I'm great. Me and my thighs are great. How are you guys doing? <laughs> great, great. Um, are you getting ready to uh, celebrate the upcoming announcement that both Mike Pence and Chris Christie uh, may be throwing their names in the mix for the presidency? Is this a reason to call into work and throw a big kager, Daisy? I'm super excited about it, you guys. I'm like, really, really stoked. You know what? Everybody – okay, so these two guys are announcing, and then the governor of North Dakota, who I swear to you, I cannot remember his name. It's Doug like, something or something, isn't it? Governor Doug. Doug. Some dude named Doug is also running. So there's like – Three people that are jumping into the race this week, and it's like, wah, 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 <laughs> It's still a two-person think, race at this point, do you think? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think Chris Christie's only getting in for revenge, right? Oh, he just and wants then, a platform to bash Trump. Totally. And maybe totally. raise his it's, own profile a little bit. Yeah. Let's just hope that Trump actually debates. Because he's talking about not doing that because he's so far ahead of everybody else. And, like, this is like the little kid's table. Right. But, I mean, you know, I'd like to see them all get on on a stage and go after one another. That's what I want to see. I live for that stuff. Well, we just found out what the RNC is asking for in terms of the presidential debate nominees. You have to be at 1% in polling in three national polls or 1% in the early states uh, polling. You have to have X amount of individual donors. And this is the important part. You have to agree to support whoever the candidate is from the RNC. Now, do you think Donald Trump will sign off on those stipulations? No, hell no. No way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I mean, it's going to be really hard for him to do that, don't you think? I mean, because I think he just feels as though this is his time. Like this is he is the guy. He's on top, and nobody's even close to him. I don't, that's going to be so, so they have to sign something? Is that what you're telling me? They have yes. to sign something. They want something wow. written down that says you will support whoever the yeah, nominee is. But what are they going to do if he says, if okay, sure, and then he doesn't right. win and said, I'm not supporting that guy. Screw what yeah. I signed. I, I think he's a businessman and he's done business long enough to know that there's there's no contract that can't be broken. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. 
What about yeah. Mike Pence? I mean, is he totally out of the realm of possibility? I mean, he has a strong evangelical following. He's been, he's got experience at the state and federal level, vice president, governor, congressman. I mean, any way, shape, or form, move the wow. needle at all. Y'all know I like Mike Pence. I do too. You know, he was he was a former WIBC employee. Our former so. midday guy. I'm sitting in his chair right, right now. <laughs> I know. See, that's the thing. You're you're filling some shoes there. So, he, <laughs> so I mean, we I like Mike Pence he, as a as a, as a guy. I really, you know, as a as a dude, I think he's a cool guy and he's you know genuine and he has a lot of great. In um, no way is he cool, Daisy. Stop right there. In no way, shape, or form can you say cool when it comes to Mike Pence. Hold on. Did you see? Did I say cool? Did I say cool? But did you see him at the biker rally in Iowa, though? He had had a... He's he's a nice man. He's a nice man. But but I don't think that... I think we're... I think it's done for us to just assume that he's got the whole evangelical like crowd, because I think a lot oh. of those folks are going to be stumping for Trump. Don't you? Uh, I, I don't know. That's a good question. The evangelicals for Trump? More yeah, so than Pence? More than Pence. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I, I, I see Mike Pence is like squeaky clean. Again, did you see him at that biker rally in Iowa? Did you see how he was dressed? I saw the photo op of nobody around him and him dressed like Fonzie on a bike. I saw that. Yeah. If he could have, like, ironed a leather jacket. He would have <laughs> and then the best part about that photo is, like, his lovely wife, Karen, in the background. She's looking yeah. at him, and you know she's thinking, my little outlaw. <laughs> She's probably like, yeah. But we've talked about this before, though. The more names that come in, as much as guys like Chris Christie might hate Donald Trump, the fact that he's coming in, doesn't that ultimately help Donald Trump? Because it steals yeah, so, votes yeah. away from DeSantis and everybody else. Because the Trump voter, they're voting Trump. They're not wavering. That's who they are. Yeah, it's a two-man race. I mean, I, I hate to say that only because I do think that we have an incredible bunch of people. Like, you look over at the Democrats, and they're always talking about, we're diverse. Look at us. It's like, y'all have just three white people running, okay? <laughs> One of which is on her astral projection. I don't even know where she's coming from. But uh, And they may yeah. not even let RFK debate. So, I mean, this is the thing. Our side, we have a lot of great, diverse, awesome, smart, just brilliant candidates. And so our bench rocks. It really does. But I think it's a it's a two man race. I mean, it. it you, I think you'd be kind of a yeah. you'd be naive to think otherwise. Go Don't back you think, to you, we're we're speaking with uh, Daisy from the Chicks on the Right dot com. Chicks on the Right, uh, previously of uh, WIBC uh, fame here on this radio station. You mentioned <laughs> Biden. He won't. He he refuses to debate RFK Jr. I think Jr. would dis- decimate him. In a debate, yeah, but he doesn't have totally. to. The DNC. I think most toddlers would decimate <laughs> him in a debate at this point. And, and, and man, that that spill that he took during the commencement ceremony for the what was it, the Air Force last right. week? Yeah. That oh my that looked really, really bad. Yeah, to a lot of young people in the country too. Because there's you know people like your son's age, Jason, who are watching that and they're like, "You got to be kidding me! Like this guy is so freaking old." But you have people like James Clyburn who is, is saying he, this is because they're spinning it. You know, the media wants to spin it. All the people on their side want to spin it. And so this is the positive spin they're putting on it as well. It's not how he fell. It's how he got up so quickly. 
<laughs> uh, it's the know, fact that I he falls that... all the time. He falls riding his bike. He falls walking up the stairs at Air Force One. I've never totally. seen it was Gerald Ford the last time I've seen somebody fall, a president fall. And he only did it once. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so bad. And, and, you know, I have kids who are older. They're in their you know, late 20s, early 30s, and they see it too. So a lot of these people who voted for Biden or if they have friends who voted for Biden or that generation is starting. I think the younger people are looking at that going, holy crap, this guy is old. And you know who else sees it? China. Uh, yeah. Russia, uh, our, mm-hmm. our, our, our enemies on the world stage look at us Absolutely. as weaklings right now with a feeble president. And if you remember, the media went nuts. Remember when Donald Trump was like tenderly walking down yeah. that ramp yeah. because he was kind of slippery and he didn't want to slide in the media? Uh-huh. Oh, his mental fitness, he's weak and incapable. And it seems to be the complete opposite whenever Joe Biden takes a spill. Totally, because they give him cover. And that should, that should further solidify how in the pocket, you know, the media is with Democrats. Like, everybody should be looking at this going, are you serious? Like, we all have two eyes. We can see what's going on here. We know the guy has, some, like, he's physically and mentally unfit to have this office. But they're going to continue to give him cover no matter what happens. And, and exactly, we, we know it. And exactly. When he got off and then later he got off Marine One and hit his head and then walked down yeah. the stairs. He didn't salute the Marine that was standing there, but he walked straight to the media and saluted them. <laughs> he did. He totally did. And not a lot of people caught that. Not a lot of people saw that he hit his head because he hit it and he's like, oh, nobody saw that. I meant to do that. I meant to do it. It's fine. And then he gets off. Yeah, he gets off the plane and he's holding his head at one point. And you're like, oh, my. I mean, it's just an embarrassment. He's a total embarrassment to the country. We played some audio earlier of uh, Chuck Todd signing off of Meet the Press. And he had this laughable line about how, you know, basically saying, you know, we never bought into conspiracy theories and we never did this and that. Look how the media covers Joe Biden. There was a big investigation over Donald Trump holding a glass with two hands and gingerly walking down a <laughs> ramp. Joe Biden yeah. falls all the time. He says mm-hmm. inappropriate things all the time. And I don't think I saw Chuck Todd and the Good Time Party Boys talk about that a whole lot. Yeah, Chuck Todd. That was that was pretty funny, wasn't it? Like he acts as though they're some sort of pillar of journalism. I mean, (laughs) give me a break. CNN and MSNBC both. There, you cannot say that, especially after all the Russia stuff that we went through. Of course, yeah. Pounded with that, yeah. And it's like seriously, like you guys can actually look at yourselves in the mirror and think that you're okay. It's yeah, that guy's a joke. Hey, can you stick around for one more segment? Because I'd like to get to Biden's new CDC director, a complete COVID yeah. uh, lunatic. And I, I think will. I think people need to uh, realize what's going on here and find out who's replacing hot mess Lewinsky. Uh, yeah, Rachel uh, Walensky, is that her name? Walensky. Walensky. Yeah. All right, yeah, we'll be right yeah. back with Daisy from the Chicks on the Right here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. On the Hammer and Nigel show, daisychicksontheright.com for a second segment. Uh, Joe Biden is replacing one COVID hysteric uh, for the CDC for another one. And Dr. Mandy Cohen, she's replacing Walensky, head of the CDC. Um, Daisy, tell me, I mean, she, I mean, you talk about a COVID crazy. She was all for vax mandates. She was all for uh, mask mandates. She was all for lockdowns. At one point, I think she threatened legal action against a school 
that wanted to drop their uh, contact tracing and quarantine stuff. Tell us a little bit about this pick. Yes. Okay. So um, Mandy Cohen is her name. Yeah. I think she was um, former health director. In, was it North Carolina? Someplace? I'm not sure exactly. Wasn't she, she was, also she, Natalie on Facts of Life? <laughs> yes. She totally was. Oh, hold she on. Being told that's Mindy Cohen. Mindy, I, I'm sorry. Mindy that's Mindy Cohen. Cohen. My apologies. Mandy, that's right. Mandy Cohen is her other. Is like her cousin. It's right? evil twin. <laughs> he's, he's her. She's her tyrannical, like just awful, oppressive um, cousin. I assume. But she's all. She's a Fauci worshiper. Um, she bases decisions on like what her friends say. We had a video that we played on our show this morning where she's talking and she's like. I'm talking to my friend about, you know, whether or not we're going to let the people have professional football. I saw that, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, and, and then her friend said no, so okay, we won't do it either. Yeah, so we just won't. And this and this is the kind of stuff, like, just the, the wording in that. Are we going to let the American people have professional football? It's like, uh, I just, I want to say all the words. I know I can't because this is a family show. But I want, this woman is a perfect example of the tyranny that they unleashed on us for, how, for you know, what, two years? Over two years? She was pushing said, for lockdowns through, totally. you know, spring of 2021. Lockdowns. Yep. And, yep, and she's even, and she, and in June of 2021, she was saying that there's de- definitive data that said vaccines will prevent you from getting and transmitting COVID, which, you know, like we've all seen a lot of stuff come out now and these people don't have to backtrack. They just get promoted. These are the, the, the tyrants that get promoted for doing all the things that are so unbelievably un-American that we watched happen it just before our very eyes over the past couple of years. You know, I think people should be made aware to this Cohen person that's going to be the head of the CDC was was saying in December of 21 that everyone you need to keep wearing masks even if you're vaccinated you should wear a mask and that was after the CDC had dropped its mask requirements uh, like you know months before that she wore a mask exactly. she's a Fauci super fan Oh my god like you guys there's a like, there's a picture of her with the mask on and you say she's a Fauci worshiper and then she's a Fauci mask fan she actually has a mask with his face on it <laughs> So, by the way, she's more more of a bureaucrat. She's more efficient. She's more experienced in that hot mess, Walensky, because she Walensky didn't have any experience in this field. And now yeah. she's a hardcore mega bureaucrat that could be much more efficient in her job. Yeah, she's just all about locking people down. And this is the kind of stuff, these are the things that we need to start talking about, like during the presidential debate, just over the next, you know, year. This is the kind of stuff that we need to focus on. Like COVID is huge. What happened to this country during COVID was inexcusable. And there are so many people that need to be held accountable for it. I'm talking about Fauci and all of his friends. And yet these people just continue to get paid. Like we continue to give them tons of our hard-earned tax, like our taxpayer money. And then they get these Mac Daddy benefits and these pension packages. And they're living high on the hog. And there were like, what, 3.3 million companies that they squelched? During that time? Unbelievable. It's like small businesses. I'm talking about small businesses right, that yeah. were just destroyed, you know? And I, and so we look at that, and we, it, it's just inexcusable, you guys. Somebody has to be held accountable. Chicks on the Right, that is Daisy. Check out their work online, chicksontheright.com. Daisy, we appreciate the conversation, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hammer and Nigel Show.